God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Genesis 21, verse 17. Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, a podcast designed to offer Christian rest during life's journey. Canaan Bound Podcast features devotional segments by pastors serving in the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, along with church history, mission news, and music by various Christian artists who support our teaching. I'm Philip Wells, and this is episode number 66. We begin today with the Canaan Bound Devotion with Pastor Tom Barthel. Do not be afraid. God has heard. Genesis 21, verses 14 to 21. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bowshot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. Ishmael is still a boy, but on the verge of what we would consider reaching the levels of adult responsibility. Still under the age of 18, but a teenager. He's at least 13 years old, by the reckoning of the gap between him and his brother Isaac. The NIV's phrase, she put the boy, literally reads something more like, she threw the boy. Some correctly paraphrase it as, she left the boy. The basic idea is that she consigned him to his death there. We don't think about water as much in the place where I live especially, the land of lakes in northern Minnesota. It's never so scarce that anyone would even consider the possibility of someone thirsting to death. But in southern Canaan, that was a reality. Hagar is described as wandering aimlessly as she sets out and away from Abraham. The word is used for those who are staggering drunk. You can imagine her mind swirling with the sudden change of life, being cast away. She had been under the the care of a rich man, and now she was just simply... A few short years later, sent away into the desert to wander alone, and to face thirst, starvation, and ultimately, potentially death. Water had to be found. But it wasn't. Finally, precious water started to drip from her eyes. The tears came because she knew she was abandoning her child helplessly. And her dehydrated son also. She just couldn't bear to watch him die. 
Ishmael was also crying. It was a pitiful scene. This is why Abraham was so loath to let his son Ishmael go. But he did. And he did it with the promise that God would not abandon him, but bless him for Abraham's sake and for mercy's sake. Here we can only wonder at the mercy of God. Ishmael had persecuted the child of the promise, Isaac. That's why he had been sent away. From Isaac, the spring of living water, that is Jesus, would come. Yet Isaac, yet Ishmael spurned that promise and the blessing as he mocked his younger brother. Now he had what he deserved, thirst, to reflect his spiritual depravity and emptiness. But God, who is rich in mercy, intervenes. Lift up the boy and take him by the hand. There is water nearby. God spared them. It's sad how you still read that there is no further spiritual connection between Isaac and Ishmael. Ishmael is fully cut off from the promise in unbelief, as well as his descendants. Still today, those who claim descendancy from Ishmael, both physically, for the most part, and spiritually, are cut off from the promise of the water of life in unbelief. God takes us from the hard and difficult times to times of refreshing and mercy. He does this for all people. When you are in distress, cry out to him. He hears. He heard Ishmael purely out of mercy and responded because he has promised to bless him. Ishmael didn't deserve it, but God heard and responded in mercy. How much more won't he hear you who are not cast out, but who are an offspring of Abraham through faith in the promised one? How much more won't God, who sent his son, give us living water when he promised this through his son and the blessing that awaits us who trust in him? How much more won't God care for and hear the cries of those who are his through faith and members of his household? And it won't be because we've earned it. It will be, as we see here, because he is so rich in mercy. And now for Freedom in Christ with Pastor Mark Falk. Galatians 4, 28-31 Children of Promise Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born in the ordinary way persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does the Scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. NIV 1984 These verses are the wrap-up to the allegory of Isaac and Ishmael. A little Old Testament history. At a certain point, Ishmael, the teenager, was mocking and teasing little brother Isaac. Surely we can imagine that Ishmael, born to Abraham by a slave mother, chafed at Isaac's privileged position. Uh, We can actually even sympathize with his feelings. After all, he did not ask for this lot in life. And we can imagine that Abraham failed to handle the situation perfectly. We can even stand back in shock when we hear that Sarah wants her husband to banish Hagar and Ishmael from the house. Sarah was the one who proposed Hagar as a surrogate mother to a child that God did not seem to be sending. All that may be true, but the scripture says none of that here. 
There are very strong words for Ishmael. He is the slave woman's son. God agrees with Sarah's demands of Abraham, her husband. This boy, this very unspiritual boy, shall not share in the blessings of Abraham's house. Indeed, we may infer that Ishmael had no appreciation for the promise of the Savior itself, which is connected to his uh, annoying little brother. It is hard to imagine that Ishmael was a believer, though that question may require further study. All of this has one point for the Christians in Galatia and for Christians today. There are many threats to the church today, false doctrines of every sort, a libertine spirit that fails to condemn sin and call sinners to repentance. But it just might be that the chief threat to the church is always the same. It is the temptation to supplant the life-giving gospel with new layers of law, to have a law spirit. Every true Christian must struggle against this spirit, pastors no less, perhaps even more than others. Luther speaks about those who think that they have the gospel down pat. But we can never have it so down pat that we are not at risk of founding our lives on the old slavery of confidence in our godly lives rather than the God who has made us free of fear and sin and guilt in Christ. Here then is the truth that Paul wants to inhabit our hearts and flow from our mouths most freely. While we come into this world utterly sinful by nature, and bound to hell for our many sins, and for the one great sin that dwells deep in our natural makeup. God has put away our sin. He has freed us. He has done this not with gold or silver, but with with the holy precious blood and innocent sufferings and death of Jesus. C.F. Luther's uh, explanation of the second article. Let us each admit, every day, even with tears, that the sin that still troubles us. But let us then lift up our hearts and know that we have been washed and redeemed and freed of all fear and slavery. Through our baptism into the blood of Christ and his death, we are children of the free woman. We are children of promise, given birth by the spirit of promise. And now we listen to He Rose by Cross to Glory, from their album, In Christ's Love. Jesus died Crucified Darkness won Over God's own son What could be said Of the one counted among the dead How could he say More a man destined for the grave
can it be? How can it be? Then shone bright life's light from the tomb. Burst open up from the earth like new life from its womb. The angel's words, he's not here now, gives my soul peace. The sting removed, now I stand in God's victory. Secure his promise that I now have his victory. Cause he Join Pastor Timothy Smith with God's Word for You. God's Word for You, Job 20, verses 12 to 19. Remember that this is Job's friend Zophar speaking. Let's read down to 14 first. Though evil is sweet in his mouth and he hides it under his tongue, though he cannot bear to let it go and let it linger in his mouth, yet his food will turn sour in his stomach. It will become the venom of serpents within him. In verse 13, the middle verse of this section, the older NIV finished the verse and keep it in his mouth. The new NIV says, let it, let, lets it linger in his mouth. The updated translation seems a little bit more clear, although I think most of us could understand the phrase either way. The literal translation of the Hebrew, which is vayimna enna betochiko, would be, and he holds it back in the middle of the roof of his mouth. Both the NIV translations put this, I think, into understandable English. The meaning of the passage is that a sinner who doesn't repent stores up evil like a pantry of delicious food that turns sour before he swallows. It'll be poison to him. Job's friend Zophar thinks that this is what's happening to Job. Verses 15 to, 7, 15 to 19. He will spit out the riches he swallowed. God will make his stomach vomit them up. He will suck the poison of serpents. The fangs of an adder will kill him. He will not enjoy the streams, the rivers flowing with honey and cream. What he toiled for, he must give back uneaten. He will not enjoy the profit from his trading, for he has oppressed the poor and left them destitute. He has seized houses he did not build. So far, he keeps stabbing at Job with his words. The references to honey and cream reminds me of the promises God made to the Israelites about Canaan being a land flowing with milk and honey in Exodus 3 and Numbers 13. These promises were made long after Job's time, but probably before our author put this story down in the poem before us. All Zophar wants is for Job to be terrified, even though Job just confessed that he has a redeemer in the Lord and that in the resurrection on the last day, he will stand on the earth and enter into eternal life. But Zophar's stinging words remind us of the usual tricks of the devil, 
He attacks and keeps on attacking believers, whether our faith is strong or weak, whether we're busy or bored. We think that idle hands are the devil's workshop, but he's bound to be there crouching at the door even when we're doing the Lord's work and as busy as bees. It's the devil who wants to seize houses he did not build. God the Father and God his Son have sent the Holy Spirit into our lives and hearts to give us faith and strength. Ask his help in your prayers. Read and listen to his word. And remember that in Jesus your sins are forgiven. You have peace through Jesus. And in him, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's word for you. And now, we take a moment with the Master, with Pastor Aaron Nitz. Welcome to a moment with the Master. The portion of God's word uh, that we're going to focus on is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 2, verse 2. And it says, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains, be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Can you think of some of the large empires in history? Maybe the empire of Alexander the Great, or the Roman Empire, or the Soviet Union? Throughout history, kingdoms and nations have come and gone. However, there is one kingdom that is lasting. It's the kingdom established by the Lord. In this passage, God encouraged the Israelites who were embattled by the world events of their time. He promised that in the future he would come, his kingdom would be established, and people from all nations would stream to it. Well, God kept that promise, as he keeps all of his promises. Jesus came not to set up an earthly kingdom, but a far better one, an eternal kingdom with his own blood on a cross. And by God's grace, through faith, he has brought you into his eternal kingdom. And that's true today and tomorrow, and the next day and the next day after that. That's true whether you feel like it or not. That's true whether you're sick or healthy. Thank God for establishing his eternal kingdom and extending his rule into your heart. I'm joyful to be part of God's eternal kingdom, and so are you. May the Lord bless you this day and always. We end today with Running Wild, the 2007 theme from the Camp Phillip Campfire Choir and their album, A Place in the Choir. I found myself in a prison You had the key to the door You bought my life when you paid with your death Sin cannot hold me no
crossroads Show me the way I should go Pass at my feet and your mercy so sweet Jesus, it's you I follow Set my heart free You call me your child You have this before me have been listening to episode 66 of Canaan Bound Podcast. This podcast was first shared in April of 2014. We've revamped our website, CanaanBoundPodcast.com, to make it easier to listen to shows, share shows, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes, and provide show notes, which feature links to the artists featured in each episode and scripture references for all of the devotions in this show. To check out the show notes, see the new website, or to send us a message, visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com. Once again, my name is Philip Wells. It was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit Wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thank you for listening.